Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm your host, Dina Marie Hale, and along with me is Archbishop Alexander Sample. And today we're going to discuss the topic of vocations and ways that we can foster, nourish, and promote vocations to the priesthood, to the diaconate, to the consecrated life, all from our home, from the parish, and of course here in the Archdiocese of Portland. So as we focus on our role and our mission in life from God, Archbishop, would you please lead us in prayer? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you created each and every one of us in your own image and likeness, and you have set us into this world to be your witnesses. We ask you to help us each discover that particular path, that vocation, that calling which is ours in life. And so we ask you to anoint the ears and the hearts of our listeners so that wherever you wish to stir in the hearts of them to help guide them, you might do so by your grace and power. So we place this time in your hands, Father, asking you to lead us and guide us. And all these things we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. St. Therese. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. As we continue to honor the saints during the month of November, it's so beautiful to, you know, to call them out and to ask them to guide us in our particular lives, in our vocations. And throughout the country, we celebrate National Vocations Awareness Week. It's a time, I think, for the church, particularly at the diocesan and, and the parish level, to really focus on praying for vocations, being active in vocations, maybe raising awareness what is a vocation and how early should we start talking about vocations? And it really should start in the home. It's part of our family life. But it is a word I think Archbishop then sometimes can cause people to think more on a secular level. We think about a career or things that we do as a vocation. But when we talk about God's plan for life, that's a different type of vocation that lasts our entire life. It's how we're to how we're to get into heaven is living out this plan of God. Yeah, the, the concept of vocation is really, really important for us to understand. Um, you know, I think we all know that, that the word vocation itself comes from uh, the Latin verb vocare, which means to call. Uh, so a vocation is, is a calling. Now, we do use this word vocation in a secular sense, as you point out. So, you know, you'll hear p- people say, well, you know, I have a vocation to be a teacher or, you know, I really felt a calling uh, mm-hmm. to the medical profession or whatever it might be. And, and, and you know, that's a legitimate use, uh, a secular use uh, of the word uh, uh, vocation. But we want to talk about uh, the concept of vocation in this uh, religious spiritual context that we're, we're that we're in in the church, and when we speak of vocation in the church, we are speaking about a very special calling from the Lord 
as to how he wishes us to serve him with our life. And I think the first thing uh, to, to realize is this is not our life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that uh, goes countercultural to the way people think today. You know, this is my life. Uh, you know, I get to do with it what I want. I take care of number one. Um, there's a very strong uh, cultural, if you will, emphasis on mm-hmm. on me and my life and charting my own way, et cetera. You know, uh, Frank Sinatra, you know, <laughs> I did it my way. Um, but it's not our life. Mm-hmm. All we have is a gift from God. Our life belongs to God. He created us in his own image and likeness. He decided uh, when and where we would enter into this world. Everything is gift from God. Nothing we have is our own. Um, So I always, uh, you know, tell people, um, and I think I've said this in previous programs, you know, we're we're always used to asking people, well, what do you want to do with your life, right? Especially we ask young kids. And, you know, I fall into the trap myself, but, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or, whoa, you know, you're, you're in high school. Or, well, what about after high school? What do you want to do after high school? You know, this is not the right question. We should be asking young people, what do you think God wants you to do with your life? What did God create you to do? And, and, and we should be thinking of this in, 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 in those terms. You know, one of my favorite prayers uh, that uh, comes from St. Ignatius of Loyola is the Sushipe prayer. In fact, I, I, I had it printed on the back of my holy card the day I was ordained a priest uh, over 31 years ago. And the Sushipe, uh, for me, summarizes this idea, you know, uh, receive, O Lord, all my liberty. Take my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. Whatsoever I have or hold... Thou hast given it. I give it all back to thee and commit it wholly to be governed by thy will. Thy love and thy grace give unto me and I am rich enough and ask for nothing more. That to me captures the idea of vocation, that we recognize that everything comes from the hand of God and we serve him with our life in our particular vocation or calling. You know, I'm uh, we often point out, and I know Father Jeff Irvin, our vocation director, always points out that the common vocation for all of us, the common calling for all all of us is the call to holiness, mm-hmm. the call to sainthood, actually, to be saints. Yes, all of us called to be saints. That includes you, each and every one of you out there listening. And so if you think, oh, no, not me, that's for somebody else. No, 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 this is for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the call is to holiness that belongs to every baptized Christian. Every baptized Christian is called to be a saint. That's just plain and simple. But now the question becomes, well, what is the path in life that God has chosen for me uh, by which I am to be sanctified, that I am to grow in holiness, that I am to become a saint? Uh, because he has a plan for our life. And that's really important also for people to understand. You know, this isn't just like uh, God says to us, okay, here are your options, you know, pick one and and run with it. No, God has had a plan for us from all eternity. And our responsibility is to discover what that vocation and calling is uh, 
whether it's to marriage and family life, whether it's to consecrated life in its various forms, including religious life, whether it's to ordained life as a deacon or as a priest or, God forbid, even as a bishop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are our particular paths to holiness. But the path to holiness that God has chosen for us is just that, chosen for us. And, and we, we, are, we are called to discover uh, what that is and to, then to follow it uh, really with, with all of our hearts. But it has to begin with this mindset that my life is not my own. I am created in love and for love by a God. He has a plan for my life. He knows my best path to happiness and holiness in eternity. Um, so let me do what God wants me to do rather than be, if you sometimes seduced by the world and, and what is more appealing to me perhaps on a, on a human level. Mm-hmm. And Archbishop, as you mentioned, that mindset that is cultivated, can be cultivated, could be neglected at the time of really forming in the family community. And so that's something that parents can foster, or if they're not aware, they may really neglect that that encouragement, not saying you're going to be, but what does God want? What does God desire for you? You know, maybe share a little bit about how do we start to learn that that mindset individually, through community, through our parish life, um, that we do have a special call by God? I think we, we have to become very intentional about mm-hmm. this way of thinking. We have to correct our uh, old ways of thinking, if you will, around, around these questions of, of life, of vocation, of career, of, of, of you know, lifestyle, whatever you might want to call it. So we have to, and I, 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 as the Archbishop, I have to be very intentional about this because I, as I said, I find myself asking young people the same question, and I have to, I have to train myself to rephrase the question. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a senior in high school. Uh, what are your plans for next year? Well, okay, well I'm going to go to to U of O or wherever it is going to be. Oh, I best, I better say uh, OSU too, so we don't <laughs> get the rivalry going there. Um, and then I'll often say, you know, what do you want to study, you know? And uh, and then sometimes, if I am intentional enough about it, I'll give them the zinger. Ah, well, have you ever thought about maybe what God wants you to do with your life? Mm-hmm. What has he created you to do with your life? And it, you get these, this puzzled yeah. look. It's because people aren't used to thinking about mm-hmm. it this way. But it, it, you're right, Dean Marie, it has to start in the family. The family is the the most important and primary place of formation for our young people. So families, parents, have to get it clearly in their mind that their responsibility is not to raise their kids to be what they want them to be, mm-hmm. but to raise their children in such a way as they can help their children discover God's plan for their life. And that means a real abandonment, a real, a real surrender of their children to Jesus, to God. You know, parents have, you know, their own ideas about what they want for their kids. You know, and sometimes, let me tell you something, sometimes parents have very strong and clear ideas about what they want for their children. Mm-hmm. I want my kid to go to this college. I want him to get this degree. I want them to have this life. I want this many grandchildren. Right. You know, I want them to find this kind of spouse. You know, folks, surrender it. Mm-hmm. Uh, your children's lives are not their own. They belong to God. And I have news for you. They don't belong to you either. 
They belong to God. And it's for them to discover God's plan for their life. I can tell you this, you know, this was the case in my own family. My father, God rest his soul, had very clear ideas about what he wanted for his son, his only son. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was finishing up a a master's degree in engineering. I was being pushed to go on for the doctorate. Uh, So my dad had this whole vision for what my life would be that he could be so proud of, you know, his son, the, the PhD engineer doing research and being a professor in a university and raising up a family of grandkids to him. And I'm Alexander the third, so I'm sure he was looking for the fourth. And when I, as I was finishing up that master's degree and I was 23 years old at the time, uh, and I told my parents, I told my father that, no, I'm gonna, once I finish this degree, I'm gonna go to the seminary because I think God's calling me to be a priest. Well, he was really upset and angry, actually, and disappointed. Uh, now, you all need to know, he eventually came around and, and became actually one of my biggest supporters in the seminary. So, you know, that, that, that part of the story has a very happy ending. But in the meantime, I had upset his plan for my life. And he wasn't open. And God gave him a, a moment of grace. God really re- touched him. Uh, and I won't go into the whole story, but God clearly in a moment of quiet and reflection, he, my dad told me this later, God revealed to him that uh, he had given my dad so much in life, and now this is what God was asking of him, was to give him uh, uh, his son, uh, me, as a priest in the church. And from that moment on, my dad had a conversion of heart and, and came around. But it would it would be wonderful if he hadn't needed that conversion of heart, if he had thought that way all along. And this is the way all of us need to think. And parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles get over, you know, wanting what you want for your mm-hmm. kids and be happy that they could discover God's plan for their life in which they will find their true happiness. It saddens me beyond words when I hear about parents who never really are able to accept their children's, let's say, religious vocation as a religious or as a priest. They just can never quite accept it, and there's always a little bit of a, a, a resentment around that. Gosh, that is so sad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it just makes me think, Archbishop, as we just heard the scripture, well, both of the widows' uh, offering in the temple, but also uh, the widow was entrusted to Elijah, you know, to care mm-hmm. for that they had to give up everything. Right. It was everything, everything of what they were. And that makes me feel so much about our vocation. It's I'm giving everything to you, Lord, so that you can fill me with what you want. Uh, just like the prayer you mentioned at the beginning of this program. And to be that willing to really surrender that mm-hmm. that that theme continues to yes. surface because it is ultimately about trust. Absolutely, uh, you 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 reference the uh, uh, the scriptures uh, from this last weekend, uh, the the widow and, and Elijah and the, and the widow's might, as we call it, the the of the woman in the in the treasury in the temple, but especially the 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 woman uh, with Elijah, the widow with Elijah, you know. She's down to a la- her last little bit of flour and oil. She's got enough to make one more cake. And Elijah asks her to make a cake for him. 
and she points this out to him. Look, uh, you know, I was just collecting some sticks to make a fire to make one last cake mm-hmm. for my son and, and, and for me, and then we die because there's no more. It's it. It's famine in the land, you know, a drought. And Elijah says to her, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Go and do as, as, as you say, but first make me a cake. And, and, and the Lord promises that the, the, the jar of, of flour will not go, go empty and the jug of oil will not run dry until the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So this took a great act of trust on the widow's part. She had to completely trust the word of God to provide and so she does, and, and indeed, the Lord provides that, the, that, uh, that flour and oil. And I think that's, that's what we need to, we need to let go. Uh, we need to trust ourselves into God's hands. And that goes for those who are helping others discern a vocation, like parents or grandparents. But it also goes for us who are discerning a vocation to trust, to put ourselves in God's hands, to surrender ourselves to Jesus, and to know and not to be afraid that, that he will not let us down. He will lead us uh, in the ways that will, will certainly bring us to the holiness that we're supposed to achieve in this life and eternal life itself, but also the happiness that God wants for us uh, in this life. So really, uh, this, this whole notion of vocation is, is really surrender of our lives to the Lord, and that is so hard. That is so, I'm making it sound like, you know, this is easy. I mean, I, in my own vocational uh, journey, if you will, I struggled with this uh, question of, of vocation. I mean, you know, I thought about it as a kid growing up and everything, but I mean, I really struggled with it from about the age of 17 until 23, you know, for, for about six years, I wrestled with God over this. I really did. I resisted. I tried to put it out of my mind. Mm-hmm. I tried to go on with my life as I thought it was, you know, to be, uh, and and the Lord finally uh, kind of wore me down, <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. But oh my heavens! I, 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 it, it, as I sit here right now thinking about this, what a, a loss it would have been for me, and hopefully for the lives of those I have been able to touch through my priestly ministry. Had I just said, no, Lord, this is what I want, you know, and, and, and chose that other path. Oh, I, as I sit here right now thinking of however, you know, wonderful that life might have been, how much less it would have been than what I am, have enjoyed all of these 31 years as a priest and 15, almost 16 as a bishop. Right. Yeah, this, and this is what God promises us. If we give it to him, if we entrust ourselves to him, the jar of flour will never run dry and the flask of oil will never run dry. Uh, God will provide and he will provide with in, in great abundance. Remember what Jesus says, you know, no one who sets aside mother, father, brother, mm-hmm. sister, family and lands for my sake and the sake of the gospel uh, who will not have it returned to him uh, a hundredfold in this world and uh, eternal life in the next. And I think, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I could have had my own family, certainly, but look how many spiritual children the Lord has given me in, in these 31 years and how many lives I hope I've been able to touch. At least they tell me that I have uh, helped them. So that's a, that's an incredible, in other words, of our surrender, of our, of our true 
handing over of our life to God and letting him lead us and guide us, out of that, God just produces incredible fruitfulness uh, uh, if if we'll let him just be in charge. Mm-hmm. Let him be in charge. That is so key. So as we recognize, you know, National Vocation Awareness Week, and, and it's really not a week, it's really how we live our lives as you're talking, keeping in the forefront of our mind, God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for each and every person on this planet. He has a particular role, a particular way that we're supposed to be in this world. And so I guess I'd love to have you share a little bit about the role that our pastors play in that. But just as as we are in a parish community, we're in a school community, we have a role in recognizing the great things that God will do and is doing in the lives of our parishioners, of our community members, those who we sit next to in the pew, it's part of our job to call them out in how God is working and maybe calling them to a particular vocation. Absolutely, and I'm glad you you, you bring that up, uh, Dina Marie, because that is so important. I, I have a priest designated as a vocation director, obviously, Father Jeff Irvin, but each and every one of you out there is a vocation director. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. our pastors, yes, they sp- play a very special role. But all of us right. are vocation directors. All of us should be encouraging young people especially, but sometimes not so young, mm-hmm. uh, people to consider, a, a, and particularly, uh, I mean, you know, people f- seem to find the vocation to marriage fairly easily, uh, Not for some not so easily, uh, but I think a lot of uh, young people have a difficult time finding that vocation to priesthood or religious life or the diaconate. And so we need to help point the way for them mm-hmm. and to acknowledge it, the call, and to see, to let them know what we see in them. Uh, and we've got to get, we, we have to get over our discomfort in talking about this with young people. And, and listen, I have to admit, there was a period of time in my own priesthood where even as a priest, I was timid about speaking to especially young men, let's say, about a, a vocation to the priesthood. Part of it were you know, some of the scandals that the church had gone through, and uh, you know, I felt like it were, the message might not be very well received. Uh, maybe f- part of it was fear of rejection, uh, you know, if they rejected and, and kind of poo-pooed the idea or thought it was a bad idea, that would kind of reflect badly on the choice I had made. I tell the, one of my favorite stories is the woman who came up to me after Mass one Sunday as a young priest. I just preached on vocations to the priesthood. And, oh, absolutely, you know, Father, we need more vocations. I'm so glad you preached about it. And I said, well, what about your son, you know, who I had recognized some things. And I've told the story before. <laughs> and she said, oh, no, no, he's got too much going for him. It's like, ah, uh, <laughs> do you realize what you just said? Yeah. You know, what a, what, 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 what greater way to spend your life. But mm-hmm. uh, so we need to be encouraging of our young people. So when we see young people who are showing signs of a religious or a priestly vocation, we need to call that out and to point it out to them. And I, cause I tell you all need mm-hmm. to know out there when, when I'm talking to young men or sometimes young women as well who are discerning a religious vocation, you know, what are the, what are, how do you discern and what are the signs that you might have a vocation? Mm-hmm. I say to them, one of the things is what other people see in you. And God uses other people as his instruments of bringing awareness to a person's heart about what they might be called to. So you need to know, folks out there, that I'm telling young people that one of the signs of a priestly vocation or a religious vocation is other people telling them that 
I think you'd make a good priest, or I think you'd make a great sister. Uh, in other words, don't be afraid, mm-hmm. because I can tell you something. For some people, that's all they're waiting to hear. Yeah. And your words, let me tell you something, folks, don't underestimate mm-hmm. a moment of grace that God provides. Your words, your encouragement, your even raising the question, Maybe all it takes for that person to get off the fence and say, okay, I'll, I'll give this a try. So please, I beg of you to do two things. Number one, pray and sacrifice for the intention of vocations, especially to priesthood and religious life. And I need priests. Oh, my heavens, do we need priests. So pray and fast, do penance for that intention. Remember Jesus said, pray to the master of the harvest uh, to send out laborers. Well, we need to follow our Lord's command. Mm -hmm. But secondly, to encourage with your words young people that you see might have a vocation to priesthood or religious life. And don't ever be hesitant or afraid to just say it. Because your words, I mean, don't, uh, I don't mean to over-dramatize it, your words Mm -hmm may make all the difference in the world to a young person, if it, especially if you're someone that they look up to and respect. Yeah. Those yeah. two things, not just during Vocations Awareness Week, but throughout the year, mm-hmm. we need to be constantly uh, on, on, on alert and intentional about uh, this encouragement of vocations. Right. And I think one way that I've been encouraged is just go to our to the website, archdpdxvocations.org. I watch some of the videos of these young men that are currently in the seminary And it just, they tell their stories. And if you want to just be inspired, go watch one of those videos. And just to hear how individuals make a difference in that man putting the application together and just walking in trust that God will lead them to the step. It may be the priesthood, it may not, but he's letting God and the church decide. So please pray and please be an encourager of vocations to the priesthood and religious life. And with that, Archbishop, would you please help us close in prayer? May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, and especially all those discerning, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you for joining us on this edition of The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.